Spotify eventually because like I can't stand that shit. Uh, and he was really freaking me out. So you know when things freak me out, I tend to go to them. Might not be the best tactic, but yeah. Uh, and then he was like, we were telling him, dude, just go home. You know, you're not welcome here, or whatever. And then he's like, I can't go home when my target is inside. Saying shit like that, man. Ooh. Really scary shit. Um, Jesus. And uh, eventually, like, we managed to to get her a cab, and she left. But then this dude followed another foreigner home, uh, and like stopped her cab because he thought it was the uh, the girl he's got this fixation on. And it was so intense, man. Such a yeah, such a scary way to end the night. Dude, yeah, that's fucking terrifying. Yeah. He's a local guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a local, like, uh, kickboxer. (coughs) (laughs) Fuck, that just made it, like, a hundred times worse. Yeah, and apparently he's got, like, uh, I don't know, apparently he's into gangs and shit. And, uh, yeah, very, very... I don't like it. You know what? I don't like it. (laughs) What I'm gonna say. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Well, totally understandable. That's so scary. Yeah, I guess that's it for (coughs) our weekly show, The Misogyny Report. (laughs) (laughs) Weekly segment. Let's move on to our B side podcast now. It's called B. Po- it feels really weird to try and up the energy. Yeah, up right there. now, right now. Come on, guys. Let's let's go. Let's okay. go. Okay. It's called B Positive, the positive B movie podcast. And today, uh, I am Louis. You're Louis today. Oh, well, I'll be. I am. I'll <laughs> be. Uh, I'll be Fraser N. Breen. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. and uh, wow. we're we're joined by the wonderful Nina Erasmus. Hey, welcome! Uh, Thanks, guys. I'm so I'm such a fan girl, just by the way. So I, I I told my friend last night that oh yeah I'm gonna be in this podcast. It's called Be Positive. He's like oh yeah I've heard of that. I'm like what you've heard of what? Be Positive? But wait a minute, wait for oh, it. No. It's like no, he was like no my no my, my my friend once made this joke about being Be Positive. She's so positive because her blood types Be Positive. I was like mm. Kurt, that's not. That's not, not what I'm talking <laughs> about at all. <laughs> I got so excited because I thought someone knew about this uh, outside of our friend circle. Well, so, some people do. That was quite close. I'm sure there are people out there. This should be. This this should this should definitely be a thing. Okay, it is a thing for me. So awesome. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us today. I find it really hard to be positive about this movie. <laughs> We're doing Fateful Findings, and you actually requested this movie specifically for your guest appearance. Yeah, that's true. It really is all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> we all watched this terrible movie. Yeah. No, I I think it's just, it's because Louis actually mentioned it, and we watched yeah. it together for the podcast. So yeah, it is actually my fault. That's actually Louis. Yeah, I, I've never heard of this movie before. Yeah. So, um, but it... <laughs> <laughs> what what a journey mm. guys what a journey without a plot no yeah. plot so fateful findings is a movie written directed produced 
by and starring casted, <laughs> casted. like wardrobe, catering, makeup, catering, everything <laughs> edited. Yes. He edited oh, as well. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, the Neil one Breen. and only Neil Breen, the real human Breen. Um, He's a human. The Breenius of our time. <laughs> I'm actually not entirely sure. Human space Jesus, who knows? I'm fully convinced that this man is a reptilian alien. <laughs> he does kind of look like a reptilian alien because like, also his hair is like made of this dyed cotton candy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so he's got such a horrible fucking face. I can't deal. His body makes me uncomfortable. Can we stay on here? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Uh, his absolutely. bum. Oh. <laughs> okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's oh. run. The film starts with two kids wandering through the woods. They find a mushroom. Which then turns into a box. Mm-hmm. The box has yep. some beads laying next to it and a black stone inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, this black stone is mm-hmm. insignificant throughout the film, as well as the whole plot about the magical mushroom box. Doesn't really advance the plot, but visionary filmmaker Neil Breen doesn't need plot. He's, he's gone beyond yeah. that, man. Yeah. So these kids are separated, they love each other, it. and we skip ahead about, I don't know how long, because time doesn't exist in this film. 20 years or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it is supposed to be But they're separated, years. you just have to say, the kids are separated. They're friends. Yeah, her, her parents move away. Her dad is uh, transferred or whatever, and uh, they can't keep contact because, um, you know, the postal service doesn't exist. Phones haven't been invented yet in the, in the 90s. This should have happened in the 90s. Like, I would say 80s because they're like kids and like drive away with a Lexus. <laughs> <laughs> they drive away with a Lexus, like waving. Yeah. Like the first time in their lives that they're waving at each other. And like in the 70s, they're driving away with a Lexus SUV. Yeah. Like total sense. <laughs> Um, sorry, go on to the plot. Sorry, uh, I'll try. Um, so we we cut ahead to Neil Breen being hit by a Rolls Royce, and we know he was mm-hmm. hit by a Rolls Royce because there's a bystander claiming to be a witness who says he was hit by the Rolls Royce. <laughs> I'm a witness. I'm a witness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so great. Uh, <laughs> He ends up with severe neurological damage. Uh, He's in the hospital. Clearly. He magically heals, goes back home. After we get a very gratuitous shot of his bum, which I feel is the first time Mm -hmm. that a film has molested me. (laughs) (laughs) Many firsts from Fateful Finding. Uh, So he goes back home. Some things happen. Several plots sort of occur. Not that they go anywhere. Family drama. Some people die. Some people, you know, are addicted to stuff. Some people are just trying to have sex. And it's very odd and disjointed for a long time. And finally the film ends with uh, Neil Breen delivering a speech which kills a bunch of politicians and business people. The speech is about Mm. nothing specific. he's a hacker. Yeah, he's he's this genius (laughs) hacker slash novelist who's just exposed all of the government and corporate secrets. They're never specific about the corruption. They're never specific about the secrets. They just get released and it ends society and there's a lot of clapping. What we do know is that these secrets are the most secret government and corporate (laughs) secrets. Yeah. And that he's found more than any hacker ever has. Ever. Yes. 
And uh, I believe that he found more because he had four laptops. That's the thing. When you're a hacker, you need as many laptops as possible. But not know. one of them are armed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. He's like, I have, a, I have a master's degree in computer science. And I'm an author of a novel. <laughs> He's so pissed off about it. He's like, oh, I'm an author of a novel. Uh, <laughs> uh, a best-selling novel. <laughs> yeah. Best-selling novel, yes. Which um, made someone a fortune. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so are we going to talk a bit more about Neil Breen himself? Because so, apparently this guy's an architect. He's an no way. Yeah, he's an architect. That's how he made his money. He's from Las Vegas. And so that's where the, the whole delusion comes in. Ah, you know? Fascinating. Yeah, that's how he got his wealth. And he, he crowdfunds most of his projects because no studio will allow him to like do every little thing, single thing on the yeah. single say. But I have to say, his writing... <laughs> so it's... I don't know, Louis, you'll know more about this, but as a writer, it's very difficult to put all of your thoughts and all of your... No, absolutely. Like trying to categorize it and make sense of it, but Neil Breen just free writes. He's like a child telling a story. Like if you ask a kid how his day was, like oh, I went to went to the supermarket and then mommy put some things in the trolley, and but then we went to the but before that we actually did this thing, you know, went to the park and the dog, you know. There's a there's a childlike innocence to his storytelling. Yeah. like Picasso. Picasso of bad filmmaking. What else do we know about Breen? His newest film actually released, I think, last year. So he's made four movies now. Apparently five. Yeah, he's on his fifth. Because I went on his Twitter, he made another one. Oh, wow. (laughs) Incredible. I went onto his Twitter account and it's basically all the same tweet about support indie film, my new film. The fifth film is in post-production now. And as I was scrolling through his profile and looking at all his tweets, it's the same tweet, but like the film itself, become increasingly incoherent as you go along. Like, words are shifted (laughs) in the same way that he plays with uh, conventions like editing and Mm. discards all sense of norms and actually giving your audience like something to hold on to, something to ground them. The same way he plays with grammar in his tweets. And at some point, just I realized (laughs) that a film never ended. Why am I on his Twitter account? Like, it's not nothing makes sense. I think like having a conversation with him is like, I don't know if it's like kind of falling into a black hole, probably. Anyways, but um, we just talk about the editing for a moment, because like there's a scene in a in the hospital mm. where he's like lying in the hospital. He kind of does this pan shot through the hospital, the bad hospital setting, which mm-hmm. is not a hospital. It looks like a hotel. Room. It's definitely like in his flat. Yeah. yeah, it's like carpet carpeting. Yeah hospital room it's yeah, like the like same blinds do. that are used in like three other scenes yeah. <laughs> and he, he like does this pan shot over the the like equipment of the hospital equipment apparently there's like a piece of lighting equipment yeah. but my, yeah. <laughs> my point is just he loves showing his like ignorance i don't know like what is it like mm. he just loves mm. showing that he that he didn't think this through that there's no logic in and he's got like these like things in his arms it's just it's just a tube with masking tape over it yeah. this is in the hospital now right? yeah the, the needles, no needles. he sucks it through his skin because he's neil breen i mean that's what i think breen is is telling us here right he's he's commenting on the 
on the sameness of the perpetual repetition of space. Maybe that's, you know, from his architectural background. <laughs> okay. Where he's maybe proclaiming this kind of thing against the the uniformity of our everyday spaces. Mm-hmm. And of course, his character is kind of a savior figure, someone who knows the truth, but then has to go through some trials and tribulations and eventually saves all mankind. He shatters Just another illusions. piece of Breen's humility. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Just like when I watched it, I honestly felt that I would never be able to appreciate film again. <laughs> I tried watching an old episode of The X-Files earlier and it just felt like I was still watching Fateful Findings. <laughs> that's oh, that's the beauty of his technique. You know, it really, it really sticks with you. Yeah, because you could technically just chop any scene from anything else into his movie and it wouldn't make his film less coherent. No, it might no, actually make it more. Yeah. Yeah. And also then the dialogue. Can we just talk about the dialogue? Yes. Oh God, writing. Firstly, that scene where he's got he's hit by the car and people are standing around going, I'm a witness or whatever. <laughs> Call 911. Call 911. All of the shots are like shot from like below and you just see sky on someone's face and it looks like he literally just asks people from the street to go mm-hmm. like, hey, hey, can you just say a line in my movie quickly? And like I've I've watched some like I don't know some YouTube reviews about this, and some people are like, "Cool, he just does that shot because then he can use that person in another film, because there's no background, yeah. so right. he can like yeah. use that same person in." Cause so that that see that those people might be from Double Down, like his previous movie that yeah. you don't know. He just constantly keeps us guessing. What a genius! Yeah. So. This is one part where where Leah, this is now his his childhood friend or whatever. This is just like a taste of what the dialogue's like and they're being separated and the mom and dad come from their home. They're like, we have to hurry. And then the the dad's like, don't worry, honey, the plane's not going to leave without us. (laughs) And they like put this empty looking suitcases like in the back seat. (laughs) Because that makes total sense in a Lexus in the 70s. Okay, and then um, there's these like long dragged out scenes between him and, him and his wife. Oh yeah, there's a great one where his wife says, "There is another girl," and he replies, "No, that is not true." <laughs> he does this and like he, weird side look. Yeah, he does this like, "I'm lying." <laughs> um, look with his eyes. Uh, because he's he's still after all these years obsessed with Leah. Mm. He's obsessed with Leah from his childhood, but I mean he hasn't seen her in twenty years. She happens to be wearing the same bracelet that she made on the magical day. Yeah, that's how we know it's her. Because otherwise, how would you know? How would you possibly know? They don't name any characters. It's just sort of people happen to exist in this film. So she comes back into his life after they invite her to a barbecue because she yeah, was involved the with thing, his they're at the hospital care somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're at the barbecue and it's... Like, what's his actual character name? Dylan. That's Neil. Yeah, that's Neil. Um, but it's Neil and his wife and his friend Jim and Jim's wife, um, Amy, 
Is it? Oh, yeah, I think Amy. it's Amy. Uh, and their daughter. <laughs> I'm so <and> then... busy. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I just have to say that. Yeah. We'll She's get busy. into yeah. Jim and Amy. Um, and then the this random doctor from the hospital shows up. And that's how she's seen by the other people. Like, um, Neil's wife is like, oh, you're the doctor from the hospital. And And she's just there. And then her phones make, like, two beeping sounds. Yeah, like a dialing sound. Yeah, like, and then in her pockets, also the book that she wrote on that fateful day when they were kids. Like, her journal. Yeah. falls out of her pockets. <laughs> and Neil Breen's like, you've kept this diary for 20 years. Oh, my God. This is you. <laughs> it's you. And here we realize that either Leah has aged incredibly well, <laughs> or Neil has aged incredibly poorly. Yes. What are you talking about? Neil Danny. is a burning hunk of man. <laughs> Neil is eternal. <laughs> <He's a lizard. laughs> Sorry, he looks like a lizard. <laughs> I mean, how old is he? He could be, like, a bad late 30s or, like, a good early 60s. Somewhere in between. He looks looks very good for a man of 93 years old. He's probably got the thinnest arms I've ever seen on a man, but whatever. Um, So, because he doesn't need to exercise. Like, he exercises his brain enough so his body keeps keeps up. So... A little bit about Leah. Apparently, she's the, what's her name, Jennifer something. She's actually the only person with training. I guess she's some yeah. kind of host on a show or something. So she's got a little bit of a public speaking background. Okay. So she's actually not the worst person in the movie. She's actually probably the best. Ugh, can't say it, but like, um, there's no way you can be good in a Neil Breen film. He also yeah, won't let just you. Yeah, not gonna happen. See how they meet again and. The story kind of ends there, and then and then we go to Jim. Can we go to Jim and Amy, please? Yeah, because... let's. This is actually my favorite part of the film: is Jim and Amy's subplot. <laughs> They're so... in a in a sexless uh, marriage. We know that because Jim says it, and he's yeah. drinking because of it, and she's disinterested in him because he's kind of a gross drunk. Yeah, and he loves his Ferrari more than <laughs> he loves her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he sits next to his Ferrari a lot. Yeah, he's just constantly knocking things over, being a real douche. And he and Amy kind of get into this fight. He's trying to butter her up or whatever. And she throws her drink in his face. And he yeah. throws his drink in her, on her, on her top. Yeah, yeah. yeah so because no, no, none of the women wear, wears bras in this Yeah. Yeah, um, okay. And he he goes into the garage to meditate while while Polish. working on his Ferrari. Is he like polishing it? He polishes like the bottom part of the windows side mirror. Yeah, <laughs> like that's not... yeah. He, and then... he was probably not allowed to touch any other parts of the Ferrari because you know. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Neil Breen wouldn't let. They hired for yeah. like an yeah. hour. Yeah. Yeah. And she comes in. Yeah. <laughs> she gets a gun. She, yeah, she escalates the yeah, situation escalates dramatically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like a plastic gun, and she holds it like over the the what's oh it? the trigger guard. The trigger guard, yes, yeah. like over, and you can just hear the plastic go <laughs> when she loads it. Walks really slowly. Somehow, her top is magically dry. She yeah. goes into the room. Her magic, uh, her top is magically wet again, and uh, she's like, "Do you want to say this?" Lady? No, I'm, uh, you need okay. to say. It. I'm 
gonna shoot this damn car full of holes. <laughs> and um, and he's like, no, no, and she pops him one. When did she shoot him? Because the blood is like, uh, it's, first it's a, like it comes out of his neck, yeah, and then it comes out of his ear, and the next shot it's like his whole face is like bloody. But she definitely, I think, shot him in the chest. That's what it looks like. When he's lying on the ground in the wide shot. Well, I mean, the blood's coming out of the back of his shirt collar, so I'm assuming he was yeah. shot in the neck, <laughs> but also his ear is bloody. So I'm actually just very confused yeah. about what? him being shot. Maybe he just popped an eardrum. <laughs> but at this point, we also get... This is a scene that really... Um, that haunts me, that really changed i think this is one of the scenes that will change how i see cinema forever yeah it's really it's going to be a little difficult to explain in audio since it's mostly visual and in the editing but she shoots him we cut to the shell casing dropping on the ground we cut to a close profile of the mom then a close profile of the daughter and they're just looking at each other and then we cut to a little bit wider and they're standing pretty much right against each other. <laughs> it's um, all in silence. It's like cut of the mom, cut of the daughter, and then cut of each other. They like, look like they're going to kiss or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like face to face. Already in the garage. Yeah. Still not saying anything, having no emotions on their yeah. face. Yeah. Then they turn slowly towards Jim dead on the ground. And then we cut back. And there's like a beat pause, and then the daughter springs into action. <laughs> She's like, like no, no, dad. <laughs> and the, Amy is like, no, don't go in there. <laughs> but, they, but she's already in, in the room. In the room. <laughs> oh, it's um, so bad. And then ma- magically, for Neil Breen here, here's the shot. Obviously, he's there at the right moment. Yeah. But remember I that guess. Neil Breen has yeah. psychic abilities, so he probably had a That's premonition true, yeah. that something bad that was going to happen. Dying. So he just showed up. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's great. The, the like, I think Breen was influenced here by, by some of the, you know, 20th century Norwegian cinema. The kind of, the stillness of it, the stilted quality of the people's emotions but so neil breen arrives and amy has made it kind of look like a suicide well, she put the gun by sort the of? corpse but and then she said yeah he killed himself so he killed himself <laughs> <laughs> that's how she says exactly he killed said. himself <laughs> and Neil Breen comes in and we have this very emotionally poignant moment (laughs) where he's holding Jim almost in a pieta kind of pose. (laughs) It's very classical. You can see he's on point with his references. And he's holding Jim's corpse and he's in complete disbelief. And we know he's in disbelief because he says, I can't believe you killed yourself. I cannot believe that you killed yourself. (laughs) How could you have done this? Uh, how could you have killed yourself? Three times. But that's just the emotional space he's in. And he rubs know? Jim's blood all over his face because it makes him way. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, I can't help you out of this one, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> After all that we've been through. I can't help you out of this one. Yeah. I wept. I really... <laughs> I've loved it. <him. laughs> 
Yeah, I felt like it was really... I appreciated the deaths in the film because with every character that dies, I was distinctly aware that the plot needs to start making more sense now because some of the uh, subplots are dying off. (laughs) Yeah, they're running out of characters. (laughs) Uh, Because this is now sort of the the conclusion of the subplot of Jim and Amy's troubled marriage, Jim's alcoholism, and, you know, Amy's under a lot of stress at at the office. Uh, We don't... It's never really specified where Amy works. We know Emily works for the bank. (laughs) What? Oh, sorry. After that suicide scene, Amy calls, calls Emily and she's like, I drove him to suicide. <laughs> and then cut to like the wife going like, no, I drove him to suicide because like she like he hit on me at the barbecue and then I shouted at him. Yeah, <laughs> so, so that's like, such a great scene as well. Yes, at the barbecue. When, yeah, when when Jim comes up to grope Emily, but the, the, like like her head is cut off. Yeah, she's it's barbecuing. Shot- like Bizarre. cold cold meat on the bride that's not like oh, a South African. Yeah. You know that bride's not on. <laughs> like, yeah. There's definitely. no flames coming from that bride. Um <clears throat> and she's just like, get away, Jim, you're drunk. <laughs> yeah, get away, Jim, you're drunk. With her like weird Russian accent. Yeah. And um she thinks that's really what pushed Jim. over the edge but even though amy when she phones emily to tell her that well not that she's murdered jim but that he's killed himself she literally says it's literally all my fault but it was a suicide this is very important (laughs) it's my fault that he's dead but he did it but not legally speaking (laughs) emotionally my fault legally it's on him all him there's this scene it's probably the weirdest scene i've ever seen in my life i've watched some weird movies but okay so jim and amy has a uh her name is ali ali oh yes ali ali comes to have a little swim at neil green's house she like awkwardly like takes off her clothes well she's got a bikini on and she like walks into the water and splashes uh, the the water that she turns around Neil Breen is watching her from the from the curtains yeah. she's like 17 guys yeah. she, she turns away takes off her her bikini so she's topless and she's like she calls him Dylan come join me uh, and then he just like kind of doesn't yeah you don't see her boobs because she's fucking minor she's a fucking minor <laughs> anyways so and then cut to his bathroom yeah opens opens up the the tap so she just had a swim yes and now she's taking a bath so she's taking a bath she opens up the tap she like the plug's not even in the no. yeah. the drain so she throws <laughs> the bubble bath straight into the drain <laughs> <laughs> gotta pre- pre-clean Bobby the drain Bobby saying that she's wet enough she doesn't need uh, to have a bath sorry I had to just say that <laughs> so and then she drops her towel. Neil Breen enters the room, and he there's like this cartoonish like look on his face of like whoa, naked seventeen year old. Also like weird like ooh ah, kind of <laughs> <laughs> look on his face. He picks up the towel, covers her, and then like but you only see a shot of their legs. Like he picks up the towel, and then they sit on the bathtub, and he's like, "You need to stop doing this." Please tell me that you'll stop. She like looks very awkward. Like guys, she's like chewing on her lips. Like you can see she's just so awkward and he he like basically like like kind of smiles and he's like, No, you need to stop what you're doing. No smiles. Promise me you're gonna stop 
what you're so doing. Bizarre. And then she looks at the camera like, okay, please don't let him kill me. <laughs> He's going to kill me. Because I think also there's also these weird dream sequences. I don't know if you guys remember where he's like mm. naked in a room with like the like black plastic. Yeah, it's like black bags, trash like bags, trash bags. Trash bags, yeah. And <laughs> so imagine you're, and, and there's also one scene where like Leah's actually naked and he's like yeah. holding her. So it's like, that's such a Dexter moment. It's like, yeah. imagine coming on set as an actress. You just want to like let go of your job. You're just like in a porn industry and you want to have a real acting job now. This guy's like, listen, we need to do this scene. It's just you and me because he does everything mm-hmm. on set, lighting mm-hmm. and all of that. If there's lighting. <laughs> Anyways. And um, he's like, cool, I'm going to want you to sit here in the middle of this room with full of plastic bags, black plastic bags and... You're gonna be naked. I'm yeah. gonna hug you. Like I would definitely. This is the last day of my life. That's what I would think. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if I were. It it does look like uh, the the set for a, a snuff film. Yes, really. exactly. Okay, last conclusion of the feminist. Yes, segment. yes, no, 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 no. Please. Um, all of the women are either pull crazy. Yeah. Or in love with him. Or there's one other or woman both. in the, or both. Yes, there's a, one other woman in the film who's his therapist. You yeah. don't actually know if she's exceeding this, but it's an older woman. So he goes see, to see two psychotherapists. So the one is this older lady. Yeah. And she's like quite mystical. And she's portrayed as a little bit crazy. So like, once again, a yeah. trope of the crazy old lady. Thanks, Neil Breen. <laughs> you make my life so much easier. Like, I, yeah, that's my feminist segment. He's just no, oh, such a misogynist. I can't deal. It, um, it's so because you can just tell it's Neil Breen himself thinking that he's like the hottest property. Yeah, exactly. Like, Even the old lady wants it. Yeah. Because they sit really close in that room. Fuck, it's so weird. It's just like a corner of a it's room so with two steel chairs. Like he's probably never been to a therapist. That's like proof of him never being to a therapist. Yeah. Which I really think he needs one. But they sit so mm-hmm. closely their knees like touch and it's just like a dark into room and it's like I, I, oh, and he rubs his temples and he's like, I don't feel myself lately. <laughs> it's great. And the first, with the first psychologist, the man, um, they're sitting at opposite ends of a long conference table. <laughs> yes. To uh, signify the space. Yeah. <laughs> like, why don't these psychotherapists have consultation rooms? Why are they just in, like, random office space? They're kind of freelancing. Uh, <laughs> Just the only space you could hire get a little that. bit of it. Also, it's obviously that Neil Breen's never been to a psychotherapist. Yeah, clearly. But yeah, at the at the first psychologist, he says, he goes in. The doctor says, "That's what the pills are for," and he says, "I'm feeling less stable." <laughs> <laughs> and then he walks out. Yeah. Well, he doesn't uh, walk out. We just cut yeah. to a different scene. That's true. And then he goes to his second psychotherapist. But also there's this funny scene where like with the first psychotherapist, the, the, the man, he's like, are you seeing another therapist? <laughs> and the old is like, no, no. It's like, are you cheating on me? <laughs> yeah, it's cheating creepy. was a very big theme like, in the oh, movie. No, you're the only one. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a yes, lot of that. It's weird. He just... When after his wife commits suicide, which there's not really much of a like mournful, like he's he's no. got more feeling towards Jim 
committing suicide yeah. than his own fucking wife. It's, it's quite telling because he doesn't say, like, I cannot believe you, you committed suicide about his wife. He's yeah. like, yeah, I get this. And then there's, yeah. like, this moment where they, they didn't add the audio to his... Oh, yeah. to his, so, so he's, like, holding his wife on the bed and you just see his mouth going, no, no, but there's, like, no audio. I just assume that when they were recording the sound for that, because the sound in this film is terrible, but when they were recording the audio for that specific scene, he was probably yelling and that maxed out the microphone and caused clipping. So the audio was probably just <laughs> yeah. unusable. So that Neil Breen in his masterfully intuitive Versatile. filmmaking, he was just like, you know what, just mm. cut it. Just cut it, it'd be really artistic. And that's the thing, you know, Neil brings the kind of acting that destroys filmmaking equipment. That's just <laughs> the energy he brings. <laughs> that um, energy. That energy. He brings the energy he brings. It is the energy he brings to the filmmaker. Yeah. He always repeats his lines three times. Did you guys realize that? It was yeah. three, three, um, one, two, three. But that's so. the thing. He just and Fraser and I always talk about this. We have trouble keeping up with some of these movies' plots. Yeah. So I think Neil, Neil is catering exactly to our kind of audience because he always makes sure you know exactly what's going on. He's sitting at his computer and he says, I'm going to continue hacking these government systems. And then you know what he's doing. Yeah. So it's really, you know, he has the foresight to do also, that. Also, it saves time showing you what exactly he's doing yeah. with the numbers. He doesn't actually have to type because it literally yeah. sounds like this when he types. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. It's never used the computer in a And life. it's not always synced up, uh, the sound of the typing yes. in his fingers. Because he types with his brain. Louise. He does. <laughs> well, hello. It's me, your Uncle Al. Now, I know we haven't talked for quite some time, but after a long legal battle, with a formerly beloved family member who I shall not name. Uncle Al's is back in business. So if you love bee movies, come shop our range of bee products. They're like regular products, but worse, and somehow funny. Uncle Al's, come on down! Can we please talk about uh, Neil Breen's office yes. or his study in this film? Because, um, first of all, the setup. He has several thick copies of his novel, uh, which he was signing at one point, and, and reading. he uses them, and reading, and he uses them as projectiles. He uh, does. Especially ag against his long suffering <laughs> laptops, of which he has four. Mm -hmm. Why does he need four laptops in the first place? I don't know. <laughs> but the laptop abuse in this film really made me laugh. And I, I actually, uh, I woke some people in my apartment up by laughing too hard. The scene where Emily walks in and like Neil Breen's like, all right, baby, we're gonna, we're gonna fix our relationship right now. Yeah. This is, she, this she is sort of in, where sorry, we come together. To she's like, she walks in, she's like, bangs on the table. She's like, I don't want to talk about this no more. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, go on. Yes. But I think it's specifically that, like she's showing violence to his desk and that's his favorite pastimes, desk violence, because then he th starts throwing laptops and books mm. And I'm like, 
what the fuck? Why, what are you doing? And then they rip each other's clothes. But sexily. Like in a sexy way. Yeah. Well, no, while the ripping of the clothes seems really fucking awkward. Like they didn't. You have to be Hulk Hogan to rip clothes. Like it's quite strong. They really struggle. They're trying to like rip each other's clothes and when it doesn't work, he just throws more papers and walks around. (laughs) Yeah. And then they laugh hysterically. Oh my God. I think Hal is playing opposite Neil Breen and having to kiss him. That's just Guys. I, I physically became nauseous every time Neil Breen was intimate and mm-hmm. he's intimate a surprising number of times in this movie. Like Yeah, I think probably so the worst for me was the shower scene. When he's mm. just like escaped from the hospital. Teleported from the <laughs> hospital. <laughs> he, he he has this almost like full face bandage cast thing going on. <laughs> and he's like fucking bleeding you're bleeding dude <laughs> he's, dude, like, <laughs> he's so not a little bit of no, blood he's, he's bleeding losing all of his blood <laughs> in the shower <laughs> and his wife comes in she's following the, the blood, blood trail <laughs> and she gets into the shower with him while still wearing her nighty. they like start steps in the pool of blood oh they embrace <laughs> But they can't kiss because kind of, he has the yeah, fucking... And they kind of dance, sway in the shower. <laughs> and he's like... And he smiles at him and he literally says, Help me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of blood coming off of him, though. You would imagine yeah. that they cleaned him up at the hospital. But no, no, he's just like... And it's blood and it's like... Thick chunks as well, so there's obviously scab coming off. Maybe a little bit of muscle residue. Uh, Can we talk about, especially in this scene, freak me out, uh, his feet and his hands are really odd looking. And I got the impression the whole time that his skin must be both cold and wet. At all times, he seems to be a very moist person. Because he's and, a lizard, guys. Exactly. <laughs> it's a lizard, skin I... suit, and that's really that's my main thing from this movie is the government secrets he's talking about are his personal secrets of being an undercover lizard man. Yes, yeah. definitely. It's morally superior. <laughs> this is like the lizard people version of the Russian hacking. They're like. <laughs> trying to infiltrate our our culture. His toes are oddly long and his mm. feet are kind of thin and very pink. But then if you look closely at his toenails and the fingernails, they're sharp. Why are they sharpened? Because he's a lizard! He's <laughs> <laughs> a fucking lizard. Exactly. It just proves my point even more. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, but, but that's, um, that's funny because talking about the feet but he like has a lot of foot foot shots he does he has i think he's got a thing for feet it's always Um, like he's always two people standing um facing one another and then you just see they've got their feet shot of their feet and then just clothes dropping yeah classic shot shirt drops no bra drops Mm. because the woman they don't wear bras but not 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 in a like a woman liberation kind of way more like i want to see your nipples kind Mm. of way Make sure the yeah. AC is on. Yes. Um, <laughs> He's like one of those directors like, darling, could you just rub some ice cubes on your nipples so we can see that you have a stand? Thank you. Um, and uh, cut, you don't have a nipple stand anymore. Yeah. 
Another ultimate fave scene for me was the journey he goes through in regards to his pulls. Everyone in this film is a fucking pull junkie. But he... Yeah, they really touch on the opioid epidemic. He's really got his fingers on the pulse. So he... It's after his accident. Yeah, this is after his accident and he's getting his headaches and stuff. And he asks his wife for his pulls... (gasps) And Emily goes to the bathroom and then steals a handful of them, puts puts them in her jeans pocket, yeah. gives him the pills. He... He's also very rude about it. Yeah. Like, such a... Okay, just go on, yes. And he gets the pills and then decides, no, I'm I'm not going to take these pills anymore. <laughs> goes to the bathroom yes. again, throws the pills in the toilet and kind of just dumps the bottle on the, le- on the floor the and does not flush the toilet. Then Emily yeah. comes back in and fucking <laughs> grabs the pulse out of the toilet. Yeah, it's so yeah. weird. They're I don't know. So good, also, man. how did it not dissolve? Yeah, they'd be like a mush in your right? hands. I, I, I mean, I don't yeah. drink a lot of pulls. No, like I that. do. And <laughs> if you put them in water, water they dissolve. They dissolve, right? So also, what is that? What is that magic? And those are then the pills she eventually uses to kill herself with, out of guilt for for Jim killing himself. Yeah, Um, it's so it's so odd. I don't like. And this is the thing, though, is that Neil Breen in his writing, you can really tell he's not a human being. He's never had a conversation. People don't talk the way he thinks people talk. And also, why the lower half? Why is that his focus? Why is he focused on the lower half of people? Always. Um, He's fascinated that we have two legs. Mm. (laughs) And not crawling and going up walls like lizards. There's also Mm, mm. the bizarre, the businessman feet that appear at times only to immediately disappear. It's Shadow Man. Guys, I just have to say, this movie is so... There's there's too many things to talk about. There's so many layers. Because... We haven't even gotten to the shadow men. Who are the shadow... And that, that golden book in the beginning. The book with the glitter. glitter. Yes. So the opening shot is of this, <laughs> yeah. this warehouse. And this thick golden book is standing on this... It looks know. like a panto prop. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. It's so thick. It's like 400,000 pages on it. Golden sprayed or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then someone, a hand from above out of shot, kind of just sprinkles glitter on the book. <laughs> so we know the book's important because it says glitter on it. But he eventually has the book. In a dream sequence. But also, no, uh, no, no. Yeah, in the wife. garbage room. Yes, in the garbage room. The Dexter <laughs> setup. Yeah. Um, oh, God. So his wife commits suicide and then he kind of just moves on to Leah. Like, yeah, fucking next shot. Immediately. immediately. But that's the thing. Leah I, is his actual true love. Yes, it's set up it as was, like, that's the romantic it was, outcome. They met on the most magical day. <laughs> it was such a magical <laughs> day. <laughs> just the way it was written, the his coming to Leah and um, his wife committing suicide as he's hooking up with Leah in the forest. Mm. It goes to show that Neil Breen just views the character of the wife as a nuisance. Like, totally. this is just an, just an obstacle to get past. It's not a human being. It's not like her emotions, her feelings have no impact because, you know, this love story needs to be told. And if she has to die for the story to happen, then that's good. Yeah. It's going to have to be like it, that. It really is like he came to a point writing the script where he's like 
Oh crap! But I've already given him a wife. Oh shit! So what am I gonna? What She's a, just gonna oh, she kill herself. herself. She's just gonna. Yeah. Why is she gonna kill? Uh, um, because she, she was mm, mean to Jim. Because he killed himself. So. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. It's just um, too much. Yeah, and he really doesn't seem very tore up about it. He oh. doesn't call nine one one or anything. No. no he he just thinks she's hear. a really heavy sleeper. <laughs> Yeah, I think, it, but it's literally the very next scene where he's holding his wife and like screaming no silently. And in the very next scene, he's back in the office and Leah's there. Now she's living yes. in his house. Totally. And, it's and like, he's eating a plate of raw spinach. <laughs> yeah, it, it sort of played as if she prepared this meal for him. And he's yes. like, yeah. I am, I will now eat human food. I prove I eat human that's, food. Yeah, that's actually, the food in this film is fucking bizarre. Is um, there food in the film? Yeah, there, there's a little bit. Like at the dinner party when Jim spills his oh, beer, right. which is clearly water in a beer yes, bottle. Yes. There's like a plate of four slices of bread. Just like oh, dry yes. bread. Yeah. That's the side dish. And the barbecue. Oh yes, it's just like chicken and chicken corn. drumsticks and oh, corn definitely. and sausages. So he's probably, but that just shows you his catering skills. Yeah, that's yeah. I think he just wants to keep his people fit and healthy uh, and looking good on camera. Yeah. so he only feeds them dry bread and and the, the spinach. I personally think that he just doesn't know what humans eat. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, that's exactly, probably. exactly. Um, like, do you consume flesh? <laughs> Chicken flesh. Your people eat flesh. <laughs> so I think that if our listeners want to watch this movie, I, I saw your movie sucks. The review said um, it, it's a great party movie because you kind of get your friends together, and make a drinking game out of yeah out of everything that happens. Yeah. You take a sip every time there's a shot of feet. Yeah. Every time something fades huh. out, Oof. something something just, oh. just magically disappears. Every time Neil Breen teleports. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Like, just, I think it would be a good drinking game. Yeah, I think you would actually fucking die. <laughs> yeah, because if you drink yeah. every time that actually happens, every time a plot line. I think you're confusing <laughs> drinking game with mass suicide. Yeah. <laughs> It'll end up like a Neil Breen movie. <laughs> Just make sure there are poles. Yeah. You know, that don't uh, yeah. <laughs> Man. God, I guess then the movie ends, right? And we haven't really been told much about his secret government hacking. No. Um, well, it's a secret. It, well, that's the thing. It's a secret. You're right. <laughs> but then he calls a... Oh, right. Anyway. Like a what? Like a press <clears throat> gathering thing. In front of the library. In front of the in front of the library, um, and he tells us what he's found um, as the best hacker in the world. As the best hacker in the world, he's found more than any hacker has ever. He's found. He evidence. has all the secrets. Yeah, all the secrets. He's all the evidence of government and corporate lying and greed and hypocrisy, <laughs> which really isn't news, actually. Yeah. But somehow the pure power of his speech compels let's see two governors the head of the bank the, the president yes. of the bank <laughs> the president of the bank a stockbroker on wall street oh, yes. and 
one other person um, to all commit suicide where they come out and say like yes everything that Neil Breen has found in front of true. the same green screen yeah they all do they all do it they, publicly they all started like a group and then just nod at each other going, yeah we fucked up guys. We did it, guys it's time to kill ourselves and like all kill themselves in like different ways there's a guy with a noose yeah and you see his feet obviously yeah. his feet hanging yeah. and then there's uh, a guy yeah. in the bath he's slit his wrist and then the, my favorite is Okay, except for the president of the bank, which Louis will come to just now. But there's this, the, the guy sits in his car, drinks pulls, like takes pulls, and he like slowly just brings his head towards the steering wheel. And just Douche. takes a little nap. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the yeah, I don't think that one was a suicide. That was just a good nap. Yeah, he was just feeling car. a little tired. Yeah. yeah, and two of them just like pop themselves in the head in, in front, front of, of, of the public. Yeah, to to the strange. adoring cheers of the public. <laughs> yeah. yes. There's also a really weird thing that I didn't even fucking remember it after watching the first time, but someone tries to assassinate Neil Brennan yes. while he's giving his speech. Yeah, there's a sniper. Yeah, a sniper comes out of the bushes and you hear the gunshot, but then the sniper falls, which is like... No, I have an explanation for that. Please fucking explain it. So, <laughs> so you see the sniper coming out of the bushes, and Neil Breen kind of gives his speech, and he he looks towards where it's supposed like well where the spot of the sniper is. With his power, with his almighty lizard, mm. his space Jesus power, his gun backfires. Space Jesus. <laughs> his gun <laughs> backfires, and you just see next shot. He's just like face down on the pavement. It's just like a pool of blood. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's the explanation, okay. yeah. Because Neil doesn't react to it at no. all. So he, he's in control. Because he's, you know, if, if you're that morally superior, seeing the bad guys die yeah. doesn't affect you. Yeah, once... It's just the way it should be. Once you've seen all bad those... Bad guys or your wife. Yeah. Yes. Once you've seen all those government and corporate secrets... <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're just so desensitized. Basically, this is probably the best, worst movie I've ever seen in my life. So, I'm 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 honored, Neil Breen. Thank you for mm. for enlightening my life with with cringeness. Yeah. Thank you, Ooh. Space Jesus <laughs> Lizard Lord, Neil Breen. Yeah. So, guys, if you had to rate Fateful Findings out of four laptops, <laughs> yeah, yeah, out of one to four thoroughly abused, long-suffering laptops. How many laptops would you throw a literal book at? <laughs> hmm. Out of pure frustration, I would say eight. Eight out of four <laughs> laptops. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how frustrated I am. I believe that's the highest rating we've gotten yet. Yeah. <laughs> you win. You win ratings. You yeah. win. Yeah. Congratulations. I feel like I didn't listen to the first part. I feel like four was the maximum. I just went eight. Just he doesn't have laptop. budget for eight laptops, Nina. <laughs> Good lord. Okay, but all four of them then. If I can't say eight, all four of them. No, you can. So, no, you can say eight. Okay, cool. Nina, give it You can say I. I would throw a book at one. I would actually stack all four laptops on top of each other, throw the book mm -hmm. at the laptops, hoping that the book rebounds and knocks me to death in the head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or at least, at least I give you some con concussive thing that you like, just forget. 
yeah. you just watched. Yeah, because I, I, maybe a concussion would make me feel like the film had a resolution to it, which it does not. There's zero resolution to any of the subplots. I would throw a best-selling novel that made someone a lot of money at, I'd say, three out of four broken laptops. I oh. think ah. um, the movie could have done with just just one more suicide scene. There's also, I thought that maybe this whole film and the disjointed nature of it is just literally the last moments of Neil Breen's life after the Rolls Royce hits him and he's sort of <laughs> delirious. He's hallucinating this whole story. Yeah. And... He just dies. Like, he's just dead. That is such a great theory. That explains a lot. It really does. (laughs) I much prefer that. Yeah, me too. I think think we should go for that one. Because he says in his interviews, he's like, no, it's it's what you make of it. It's what the audience makes of it. Fuck, I hate that. Which is probably the first time... Of course, because he has no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Because he doesn't know, I think. He just... You know how David Lynch just free writes... Yeah, he took that. Yeah. He, he, he take that to the to the next next level. You're just gonna f- free write five movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, like that's something I saw on the internet as well. Is someone saying that like if Tommy Wiseau is the Orson Welles of bad movies, then Neil Breen is the David Lynch mm, mm-hmm. because yeah. he has that surrealistic mm-hmm. edge with the plastic. Black bags. <laughs> uh, 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 this we haven't even like. There's so much. Oh, there's the guys, skull that just, turns. <laughs> that's you reuse and double. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. It's uh, guys. Just do yourself a favor. To invite people over, get some beers and poles, and just <laughs> get fucked on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is a definite must watch. Yeah, I was okay. I was hungover when I watched it, and it made <laughs> me feel like I was on drugs. Like I was, I was watching the movie and then I was looking at like the space around me and everything seemed just a little bit wrong. Existence suddenly yeah, didn't make sense. you start seeing everything through Neil's eyes. Mm. That's what he wants, essentially. He wants us to feel mm. what it feels like to be a man lizard. A haunting master. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, as always, uh, like and subscribe to Be Positive on all your pod- podcatching apps. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook at Be Positive or at Stay Scary on Twitter. It's the same. At Stay Scary, Be Positive, same thing. And, uh, yeah, as always, you stay scary. Uh, I cannot believe you spooked me. I cannot believe you spooked me. How could you have done this? How could you have spooked me? Uh, Nina, where can people find you if they oh. so wish? So I'm on Instagram. I don't ever go on Facebook. Good. So. Good. That's Facebook fine. is... At n.ina93. Mm. So n.ina93. And then I also have a collage page. Um, at if you like underscore Nina's underscore collages. <laughs> I you love like that. Nina's collages. Exactly. <laughs> and I do like Nina's collages. <laughs> Thanks. So Please go check them out. Yeah, check it out. That's all Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, guys, this movie is so insane. I can't believe. No, I, mean, I can't believe you made me watch this. On. Sorry. Yes, too much. This episode is already. This episode's already gonna be like an hour long, and. 
Oh man, I think we missed out on like, yeah. Yes. Um, we fucking didn't even touch on Leah's kidnapping. Yes, exactly. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah. Born guy. Yeah, who then drinks himself into a stupor and Neil Breen's like, hey, where is she? And the teleporting! Uh, oh, and when he re-gags her, he's like, oh, yeah. put on the blindfold and I'm going to gag you now.